This week on Big Eyes, we reflect on the latest arc of My Hero Academia coming to a close. We discuss the culling game's beginning in Jujutsu Kaisen. And the monthlies are back with Boruto and Dragon Ball Super. So stay tuned for all of these and more on the Big Eyes Podcast. of the Big Eyes Podcast, and here I have my sleepyhead uh, co-host. Hey, man. <laughs> don't put this on <laughs> Bruh, don't put this on me. It's on both of us this time for this one, man. It is. It is. It is. It's a late night recording. Right? It's a late night recording. Hey, no, I'm kind of sad, though, man. Like, um, it's a, it's a late recording, but... We just got just got word that the creator of Gold Go Thirteen, Takao uh, Saito, has passed away. Eighty four years old. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's crazy, bruh. That's one of the longest running like series. Also, like for real. And the crazy. I mean, like it, it's so wild because. Um, I mean, obviously, that series only only part of the manga has been translated in English. I think mm-hmm. it's only up to the thirteenth volume. You can get it on Viz right now. Uh, shameless plug! Shout out to the friends over there at Viz. <laughs> um, but no, you can you can get the English versions at, on Viz. I think it only goes up to volume thirteen. But isn't there like close to like eighty something volumes or some? I just looked like, it up on Wikipedia. It's two hundred and one volumes, and it was still I'm running. Way off! I'm way <laughs> off! I'm super off! Like I can't even see what I mean. Like just just crazy. Um, but yeah, you can you can get the the first thirteen though in English. Great series, an amazing movie. Um, yeah, man, fuck. Our rest in peace. Yeah, man, that's crazy. The, really the 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 series that really kind of set the tone for espionage series on yeah, uh, for manga. If you want to go check out a good series, it's on a uh, Crunchyroll. It's it's really good, man. Listen, that it's sad to hear that, man. Yeah, it's fucked up. I don't, I don't mean to start off the the, the show <laughs> on these on these vibes, but so it happens when you got to record at you know record late, and you know it's what it is. Yeah, man. But we also get good news coming out. Well, not good news, but you know what I mean? Like, more news starts to come up and we get to talk about other stuff, too. Um, yeah. Best news of the week is that Dr. Stone is coming to an end. See, I don't want to agree with you, but also <laughs> also, the series is coming to a good conclusion. I think, like, it's building up to a great point. In the recent chapters, we got introduced to um, Ryusu's, Ryusui's brother, who is a very avid programmer. (laughs) These guys literally had a big demonstration across the world to show how a calculator works for the people in the stone world. And they were like, okay, we got all the best minds in the world and we need them to solve this complex calculator problem. And it was Zeno, uh, it was Zeno, uh, Senku and somebody else. And they all sat down, tried to figure out this complex math problem. And the person who was on the calculator when they created was Magna. The one person who is like all against like Stone World, like he's a savage man, like just a big muscle head. And he just hit one button and just read the entire math problem out faster than they could calculate it. And it was like, bro, it, it was insane how they did that. I think that was one of the best chapters, in my opinion, as a tech person, it, it was one of the best chapters that Dr. Stone ever could like show off. Um, so yeah, we're we're getting to a good conclusion. Um, I would like to see what really happens when they discover why man on the moon, man. Dr. Stone is actually one of my favorite series. Um, Like when you get out of where the anime is and they start going into the open world, into the open seas and they start discovering like, you know, the the fights with Zeno in in Quarren City and going down to South America, that whole arc is been a good ride to say the least. Yeah, cool. Sounds cool. (laughs) 
Sounds sounds cool. <laughs> sounds like nerds. Bunch of fucking nerds. Hey man, it'd be like that sometimes, man. Sickle put it. Yeah. Bunch of fucking nerds. Bunch of guys got their heads put in toilets. Hey man, listen, we're we're not gonna we're we only have a little bit more left until like the end of ten billion percent catchphrases. You know what I mean? Like please. (laughs) Please take it away forever. Take it away forever. I don't ever want to hear I don't I don't I don't yeah, man. I don't. I don't want to hear ten billion percent ever again in my life. Hey man, listen. I don't want to hear about pig Latin. <laughs> None of that. Hey man, Doctor Stone is a fun ride. Doctor Stone is a very fun ride. Yeah, cool. So uh, on the more exciting things, uh, Vegeta gets beat up again. Oh man. Okay, we actually got to talk about this, bro. We- yeah, we got to talk about Super. All right. So how how are you gonna heavy breathe that super? But you just went on a tangent about Doctor Stone. This doesn't make any sense to me because people know what to expect with super. They don't know like really where to fall in with Doctor Stone. It's just like how you pass it off is just like math and science and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's all right, cool. But there's a lot more that goes on to it with super. It's just like eh, the same stuff we've been seeing for the last thirty years. Only difference is there's more character development kind of with it, and especially in Vegeta. Like, okay, so here's my issue, though. Here's my issue. Vegeta has had some of the best writing that Toriyama's ever done, but it's for, like, all for naught. He gets, like, no payoff. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's for no payoff. It's very little payoff. Yeah, like... We, we, the last the last time I could truly say, like, that all that shit kind of meant something is when you fought Topo. In the... Uh, in the universal tournament. Cause he beats a god of destruction or like a god of destruction in training. I mean, yes and no, because we got that introduction and now we see Vegeta kind of using that same power. And you see during this chapter where like he's he's not letting up on um Granola. Like Granola is just letting off shots, like putting Vegeta down, and is is coming to like a screeching halt, but like you don't think that Vegeta would actually give up. You know what I mean? Like, Vegeta didn't give up this entire time. Like, we could have said Vegeta took the L. Like, he was this close to taking the L. But also, he pushed Granola far enough in this chapter to where he he almost had to blow up his home planet. And Vegeta knew, like, what that planet meant to Granola because even then, like, he still charged up back into uh, Ultra Ego, knocked him into the city, started making fun of this man. He's like, oh, so you do have something for, to protect, you know what I mean? And it's just that type of interaction with Vegeta where he knows, like, the feeling of both destroying and trying to protect protect something from being destroyed. Whereas Granola, like, he, he understands, like, okay, the Saiyans have destroyed my entire life. And Frieza was the one who sent them down here. So th- neither of them are excused. So this is why it's my mission. Meanwhile, you have um, the little AI companion going to find uh, Granola's Namekian friend and trying to put a stop to all of this. Like it, it's, it's still character development for Vegeta, but he's it's the parallel with Vegeta and his stance now compared to where Granola is now and how Vegeta was beforehand. So it's like uh, there's a little bit more there and they're trying to show like just a payoff from all the past interactions with Vegeta into where he is now. Yeah, but it's like you write him, he, he gets all this development, especially in terms of his character and, you know, internally you see his, like, um, like emotionally, all these things where he is he has grown, but then, you know, with something like Dragon Ball, you know, especially where we're at now. I mean, just Dragon Ball in general. Dragon Ball, the true payoffs come off and come out in the fights. All that training, all that like, all that growth, it always comes out in the fight. It always like that's really how they show off. Like, look how much I've grown. And think about this: last arc, Moro, he goes to train on Yardrat. You're like, yo, Vegeta going to Yarrat to train? Like, he's actually, like, you know, taking advice from other people? Like, what the exactly. fuck? Exactly. Like, you so, never thought he did it before. Just to, just to go back, though, and get his ass whooped by Moro. But he's actually, like, accepting help from other people to where... Oh, yeah, that's cool. 
it, just to go get his ass whooped again. But he he helped with the fight though. When you we helped, like it, it it wasn't all for not because of how Moro's final like climactic part went. Like we blame that on Goku for giving Moro the fucking sense of being and like being able to fuse with the the world or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? But like, if it weren't for Vegeta even going to learn that technique on Yardrat, all of that shit would have definitely been for not like these niggas would be dead. It would be all over with. Like the, he was no, a key player I mean, into that. It wasn't. It, he was a key player. He still got his ass whooped. He's ne- he's a key player. He's never like he's never LeBron. He's never the guy. Yeah. It's always like I mean I get it. I mean I guess I mean that's been Dragon Ball. I mean since he's been introduced. But he's he's never the guy. He's <laughs> you're like, not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Like that's him constantly, and it just sucks because it's just like, damn. I like as a fan, I'm just like, I just want, I want my guy to be the guy, and he just won't ever be that guy. But it's just like they make him grow and grow and grow, and it's just like it. It sometimes feels like for why, um. But I mean, this chapter. I mean, okay, we this chapter was fun. It was exciting. You get a lot, as as always. You're getting a lot of action. You see Vegeta fighting Granola. Goku comes back. He jumps in. Fucking Vegeta gets mad at Goku for jumping in. He starts beating Goku's ass, and then he's like, he has that moment. Where he's like, man, yo, like for real, like let me fight this nigga one on one. Like this is this is deeper than rap right now, <laughs> which is cool because Granola got you know Granola as is like you know he's on his vengeance grind right now. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely blinded by vengeance. Even that cool moment where you know they're fighting inside the city and they're you no. Know, knock down that wall to the house and granola sees the mom and the kid scared and you have that flashback moment of him you know seeing like yo like i don't know like him seeing himself and that kid and, and that mom in that moment mm-hmm. and resolving his vengeance of like nah fuck that like i don't care i'm gonna put my entire life into this last blast and vegeta's pretty much sitting there like accepting it like fuck it i'm finna like listen if this is how i go out this is how i go out um yeah i mean it was it was just it was a lot it was just intense it was it was but you know it was it was pretty typical dragon ball stuff yeah i think that was the best part where vegeta is like a kind of accepting that he can't go back to his old ways like this is basically toriyama saying like I, he's not the person he was when we first saw him back in the saiyan saga like he's grown and changed since then he's had a family like people want him to go back to old vegeta like majin vegeta type shit man but he's not going back to that but like also it, it's great that you know we had the the stall out for this long for the namekian to come up and say hey man like sans actually helped us out i don't think you realize like what really went down so at the end of the chapter he he comes out and says yo the person who really saved us was bardock and it's like oh shit like Vegeta know who that is, but Goku really doesn't, because you know, like when you come, you you see him super broly in it. For everybody who knows, like what happened like a long time ago with Bardock, like that's Goku's dad, and he was coming back from a mission um, at the beginning of Super, and there was a there was a time where you know he was coming back from a mission, and we don't really know where he was coming back from, but all the Saiyans were called back to Planet Vegeta, and. You know, they meet Frieza for the first time, and that's when Bardock's like, you know, I don't really like where this is going. You know what I mean? Something just doesn't feel right. Let's send Goku off before you know shit goes crazy. So that's how. That's what like the first thirty minutes of Super Broly. Like, go if you haven't seen Go Super Broly, go watch it. It's actually a it's a very very fun time. Um, but it's also if you haven't seen Broly by now, I just can't even trust you for it to be honest. You can't. You can't be. You can't, you can't, you, you can't even, you can't even be trusted if you haven't seen Broly by this time, bro. Broly's yeah, angry. yeah. But pretty much, Bardock is Goku's daddy, and um. And yeah. Also, it was foreshadowed like chapter sixty-eight in Granola's dream. Like you see the little scar on the 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 gray ape's face, and it's like, oh shit, who is that? And then he just wakes up like he 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 had night terrors or some shit. Like he the same really having that shit. 
Yeah, because I mean, it's also funny because you know, obviously in that dream, the you know Bardock looks like an, an ape is about to kill this man, yeah. but in reality, now we're figuring out that like in that you know what really happened is Bardock helped him out. Yeah. Uh, so Granola's vengeance is off or not? It's it's <laughs> he's he's all he's all super mad about Saiyans. Yeah. But he got his life saved by one. Yeah. So we're next chapter next month. We're gonna find out like okay the backstory to what really went down, and maybe he he's not gonna be a Saiyan hater no more, and it's gonna be like well fuck well. What about Frieza? Like, I think... Man, look at the fucking... <laughs> Frieza will save this arc. It's either Frieza or the or the Space Jamaicans gotta really do some wild shit. Yeah, yeah. Or you know what? Vegeta might even let them know, like, it really... You can't really fault Frieza either, because it's this dude named Beerus. You know what I mean? And he's way stronger than either one of Man, us. Yeah. <laughs> Beer is gonna come down there and shoot both of them in the face. Not nah, dead ass. <laughs> Beer is my dog. Nah, man. Uh, Freeze. Man, listen. Freeze either gotta pull up. Like I said, the Space Jamaicans, aka the Heaters. They gotta. They gotta do something. Uh, we need something else. It's just. Yeah. I mean, it's super though. Like, like you said, like it's it's a, it's been the same formula for a very long time. Um, I can't really. I can't. I I can't really say anything much more about it. It's you know it's super super deal with, super deal what super does, um, but I will say their counterpart, the other monthly <laughs> Naruto. I kind of fuck. I've been I've been fucking with it. I, I've been fucking especially with these last couple chapters. Oh yeah, most definitely. We're we're getting we're getting the action kind of ramping back up. You got Kawaki on the run now. Everybody's on alert because they realize like, oh shit, like he's really not in the house. The fact that he's erased his chakra thumbprint. <laughs> exactly. That boy, boy built different. Yeah, man. Like he legit played a he played a good a good little trap card with with these guys. Um. So he's on the run. Code actually finds him in the forest as he's leaving the um, Leaf Village. And Boruto is like trying to let everybody know, hey, yo, y'all might not be able to find this nigga, but I can. <laughs> like, I follow me. Hey, we never talked about how this nigga Naruto went from the shittiest father to like the greatest father ever when this nigga Kawaki came around. Hey, Loki, Boruto need to be a little salty. Boruto need to smack. Boruto need to smack Naruto one time. One good time. You need to smack the shit out that man. Yeah. He ain't got the nine tails no more. So I low-key think Boruto might oh, yeah. be able to He, he, he kind of vulnerable right now. He vulnerable. He mad vulnerable. You need, need to smack the shit out that man. Listen, bro. You've you been a shitty father this entire time. This new nigga just start coming around. And all of a sudden, you just want to start pulling up, coming to family dinner. You want to start being around. Like, man, fuck you. <laughs> and it's not I even like not. a clone you. It's actually you this time. Yeah, it's, it's actually you this time, bro. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That fucking scene, that birthday scene. This nigga is walking with the cake and he just poofs and the cake falls, bro. I lose it. As soon as the cake hits the ground, I lose it. It's the funniest fucking scene in anime I've ever. Like, that's top three most funny scenes in anime i've ever seen yeah um but no nah, man i mean i've been i've been enjoying Baruto because i know what Baruto is doing it's taking risk listen naruto doesn't have not like nine tails power no more which means other characters have to step it up right now we got code and kawaki going at it mm-hmm. and um you know i think i mean i think a lot of series right now on shonen jump they're all kind of reaching some high climax points of like especially in battle or either reaching the climax or like it's starting to like okay we're back in battle mode we're back in these fights yeah which you know obviously why we all love shonen is why we we're gonna know we're we're invested into it but um no i think i just enjoy the risks that they're taking they take naruto out the game which means now we have to look and let other characters and be like okay cool what's gonna happen you got fucking Naruto still has the karma and we're gonna like you know he's still going back and forth between that and wondering like yo is this when is this power gonna come out when is you know when is this uh kawaki has a moment where he's like you know it's cool to see him go from you know he really feels alone and he really feels like yo like i don't know you know i don't i don't really feel like i belong here you know even though naruto is taking him in and Mm -hmm. see him kind of you know grow to feel like although 
I may not still feel fully accepted by this village. There are people in here that have taken care of me and I, I want to be able to protect them. So that's why he talks to Cole and just be like, yo, Cole, listen, I'm the one that killed Jigen. You lead them out of it. Code being the real nigga that he is goes, yeah, no, I'm gonna kill all you, um, and I'm gonna make sure Jigen's like, you know, plan comes through and still get that divine tree popping. Also, yeah, I think the one interesting thing, like with Kawaki's whole development in this, is that you know the village is kind of like treating him like an outcast, just like how Naruto was when he was a kid, because you know they they. They, they don't fuck with nobody in that damn village. <laughs> a bunch of hating ass niggas. Yeah, bro. man, it, it, it's kind of interesting how they're like, "Oh man, like Kawaki, we got to keep an eye on Kawaki." Like he did bring these people around, and I don't know. Hey, they kind of have that whole interaction while he's li- living in the village. I don't know, man. Cold, <laughs> my, man. They listen. Cold might have some like. People who've been trying to destroy that village, they might be on to something here. <laughs> you really gotta think, bro. Naruto wasn't accepted. He was out there putting his life on the line for these people. Goddamn, the, the Hokage told his pops, like, yo, I'll take care of your kid and fucking treat him like shit. And, like, <laughs> it's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe this village needs a hard, like, maybe they do need a hard restart. Maybe they need a hard restart, bro. They might need to get wiped off of the planet. The more I think about it, the more I'm just agreeing with Code. Maybe they do need to die. <laughs> they might need to, bro. They just might. Well, we're gonna see how that plays out because at the end of the chapter, you know, we do get Boruto jumping in just in time. Um, after Code is like, "Yeah, no, nah, fuck beating that. the <laughs> shit out of Kawaki, beat the fuck out this man." He's like, "You know what? I gotta let you live because there's somebody who actually wants to meet you, and like you were Ishiki's uh, vessel. So like, I, I, I can't really destroy you because that was my god. You feel me, like." Uh, so we, I'm gonna take care of you, but I still don't like your ass. You know what I mean? So we have Boris Shorty. <laughs> Shorty, Shorty was on the line, like, please don't kill my man. <laughs> Imagine watching your man get beat up in front of you and still, you know what? She a ride or die. I respect it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so you know, yeah. But like I said, I think a lot of series are are reaching a. A point, a, a transition point. Everything that's, that's a better way to say it. everything right now is kind of reaching a transition point. Yeah, super is transitioning into this little like we're gonna figure out the true past. Obviously, Baruto right now is transitioning, you know, into this battle phase where we're gonna start. And, you know, Code finally makes his, his, his appearance. Uh, my hero, you know, their their arc is, I feel, officially has ended. Um, as we're transitioning into a new arc for them, which is going to be exciting. Um, yeah. This this last arc, as a whole, you are able to appreciate it. Um, I think as it was being told, it was it was hard for me because of the pacing was so bad. Um, I think the pacing was bad, and it just you know. My issue with Deku is that they make it seem like this kid has just been, no, I'm saying he just, he's getting it, no, been getting it out the mud since day one. Like he done, I mean, and like he done gone through this traumatic life, you know, all these like just Deku's done had this hard life and this and that and that and this. And even if you feel that he has, the fact that he has gone through this, and then just still ends up at square at square one in terms of who his character is. It doesn't feel like I'm just like how like he goes through all this. They 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 show like Deku has, Deku has snapped. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going around on these rampages and beating people up and not showering and being a musty boy and all these things. Just for him to still go back and just be like. Oh my crybaby hero, and him just going back to just being you know regular as Deku. Like there's really no change in Deku. Like I don't know, man. But when you look at the the arc as a whole, it really does. I mean, it sets the tone for um, you know, for what's to come. I think Stain's appearance in this last chapter was it was really amazing. I think that last chapter with him and All Might was great. I think they waited till the perfect time for these two to finally kind of meet face to face and have this conversation. 
um especially because stain was really the one that kind of foreshadowed this of hero fucking society is 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 built on some you know what i'm saying it's built on some bullshit ground you know what i'm saying yeah. like the heroes now they're not really in it for what a hero should be in it for and like that's why he respected all might so much and to see kind of now hero you know society kind of turn their back on heroes and 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 you know completely lose trust in heroes and and whatnot and you seeing heroes quit when things are getting really tough and all these things and and staying coming back like not like talking to all might and 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 all might too that he really can't do much in the field like all might now is, is is full you know he's a support member and but to talk to him in that moment of and be like, listen, you're the one though that has really set this path for these new heroes to come to truly follow. Of this is what a hero is supposed to be, and this is what a hero is supposed to stand for. And him and staying and him having this reminder, even in staying, staying doing it in a in like in a disgruntled way too. Of like, man, fuck, I'm eating this washed up ass all my. I wanted to be all. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, I mean that moment was amazing. I think, I mean, overall, it was a good arc. You, if you take it as a whole, you kind of see the progression of it. But you know, I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what happens next. Same, pretty much the same. I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that. Um, I think it's it's funny how like oh, it during the time that we're um you know, we're reading this week to week. It's kind of a slow paced thing and we're getting so many things piecemeal is like, all right, where is where are you going with this, Horikoshi? Like we we understand like Deku in the beginning we were like, okay, Deku is kind of going rogue and like he he's kind of baiting himself but also like he's taking it upon himself to to believe that, you know, all for one is searching out him and only him and we're trying to you know, lure out all, uh, all for one through that. But then you see all for one being a menace in the beginning, like blowing up the, the mansion, you know, um, Deku is going around saving people um, still on his rogue shit. And then we, you know, we come to find out like, nah, like that, that really ain't what it was. Even when we um, get down to the point of, you know, him leaving the letter about what one for all really is to all of his classmates and like kind of revealing it that way and them coming to say like the entire thing as a whole it, like you said like it it's good i think just the weekly experience of it was kind of the the drag down part of it but now we're kind of through the fire the the first thing that opens up with this chapter to kind of like get it to the conclusion is yeah now nah, let's put this nigga in a bath like bro you 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 stink like nah heat the bath up like scrub your hair, like get it, get a nap in or something like that, man. Like I know you tired, dog. Them Red Bulls, them Red Bulls, got to be kicking your ass right now. Like, um. Uh, so, so the fact that we we got this whole resolution chapter and they're about to do something similar to like the school festival. Um, I think Jiro is planning it out, uh, just to try to ease the mind and hearts of all all of the civilians that are in UA right now. Like, I think they're they're coming to uh. Uh, back to, around to probably another school arc, like. But I think they're gonna try to do it in a different way, where we're gonna see the the light and dark side, where All Might meets um Stain, but the kids themselves are going to try to do things on behalf of like the lighter side of the of the story. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's where I see this going. Um, but I'm excited to see where everything goes now because we kind of have a guide light in where we're going now, but we still really don't know how everything is going to play out. Like we kind of, we saw, we foreshadow, like we, we see a lot of this stuff coming, right? Like we saw a lot of, you know, Deku going rogue and all of this, that, and the third, but now we're at a point where like, okay, so what's really about to happen next? Like we really don't know the direction that this could really take Man, other a, than just like a, the final fights for everybody. Them said they got a motherfucking month until that boy Shigaraki download complete. Yeah, man. Like, literally, they don't have that much time. I, that boy getting that iOS 15 installed. <laughs> Listen, man. I, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I. I mean, I mean, it was this this last arc wasn't good. I mean, it was it was good, but like you said, week by week, it was not. It was not fun. I think that is. I think that's just. 
my issue with my hero, there just be moments where week by week you just kind of go, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you just go, all right. And then, but like when you read it as a whole, you go, okay, like I, I see the bigger picture now. It looks, you know, it, you know, you're you're able to appreciate it more as you get the full story or get the full, um, yeah, you know, I could say you get the full picture. Uh, these next, uh, I mean, I think where they're setting up now is or where they're about to head now, I think is going to be really fun. Um, especially as they plan for this whole battle. I wonder I don't know. I, I you know I'm I'm wondering what's on that damn USB that that fucking uh you know that that Stain gave them. I'm you know, I'm yeah. excited for a lot of other things. I'm excited that we're kind of getting back to more of the heroes doing this detective work stuff. I think that's another fun part that I, I want them to continue to do in my heroes. Not even just about the action. I really love like the, the like them figuring out clues and them figuring out like you know what I'm saying. Like I think those moments are really fun uh, in this series. I want them to continue to like push that more. I'm not really we we've had enough of these characters crying and these characters going through these like emotional moments. Like, man, fuck the emotions right now. Like figure out who the fuck is behind doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking solve the crime. Yeah. Solve the goddamn crime. Um, and it's crazy because we kind of know who's, who, who's behind it. We just got to figure out, all right, where this yeah, nigga at? Like, you know yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, figure some shit out. Like quit crying. Go, go, go in the field and figure some things out. Ask some questions. Um, so, uh, but nah, man, it, you know, the series, I mean, that arc is wrapping up. I'm excited to see where they're going into next. I mean, they, you know, Deku's back in school and, you know, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but the, the bigger event fucking is power to pop off. The, the event we've all been waiting for the, the, a thousand rules, Gone through all the rules. We've met some of the players. But it is official. The motherfucking calling games. They're fucking here. Yeah, man. They're they're about to begin. The calling games are here. I am excited for the negativity. You know what I'm saying? I might fuck around and put on the, uh, the, the, the Olympic gear. On for next week. Shit. That's how I feel. This feels like the violent Olympics, nigga. I was about to say, Michael Buffer finna get on the mic and say, let's get ready to rumble. Hey, listen, bro. <laughs> like, it's really finna go down. Like, this chapter right here, I, I really, I really enjoy. Specifically because they, them coming full circle with uh, Yuji's old classmates from chapter one that got him into the occult uh, club. Like you, I didn't think we would ever see them again. Like the fact that they're really showing up right here, and you have uh, Kenjaku entering their dreams—not um, necessarily their dreams, because he calls it the cursed realm, which is the world between dreams and reality—and like he he sits down with the girl who was in the occult club with Yuji, and is like, "Yo, like you got a one-time chance to really leave. Like if you want to, like I could really guide you here, uh, guide you out this motherfucker." And like before she wakes up, she's really sleepwalking, and like Kenjaku is just dragging her, like um, sleepwalking. Meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of like curses just like in the background while she's sleepwalking, just like being menaces, eating people, like going crazy in the in the district. And realistically, you know how fucked up it is. The one thing about this chapter is she lives not too far from the center of one of those barriers, like. <laughs> Man, also, also, we we gonna just skip over the fact that this nigga just thank you for getting along with my son. Yeah, that that really confirms like the the dream that Yuji had um at the beginning of well is it the I want to call it the beginning of the little Fight Club intermission type thing. Um, well, after he got his ass beat by Utah, he had the little dream with his dad. And uh, his granddad taking care of him. And then you see, like, the stitches on his yeah. mom's head. So, like, the fact that we have that little moment right there uh, with her, well, with her and Kenjaku in the dream, it's like, oh, so that really does confirm it. So, really, what the fuck is Yuji? Fuck, man. I don't know. You see, <laughs> man, once again, man, this is, listen, JJK, they keep in, they are able to keep their foot on the gas 
and just tell like just a great story. And here's the thing. Here's the best part that I think about. It. You know how like um JJK is kind of it's inspired by Bleach in a way. And the one thing I kind of do appreciate is that like we kind of get a backstory for like Ichigo and like we see like what happened to his mom or whatever like that in the beginning. But with Yuji, we really don't see like a backstory for him for real for real. Like we just know like okay, he lived with his grandfather and his grandfather died and passed away and all that stuff from the beginning. But we don't ever really get to dive into what happened to Yuji before he got to high school. Like, we don't never touch on that. We got everybody else. We got, like, the fantasies of, like, Toto. We get the Zenin clan backstory. We get Gojo's past in a way. Like, we get the past for, like, a lot of these other characters. But we re- never really touched on Yuji up until that chapter where we kind of see his grandfather, his father, and Kenjaku. Like that's one of the most interesting things I appreciate. So I think we're we're with JJK intelligently like saying, okay, we have this main character, but let's not really focus on the main character. I think the fact that we're getting into some of Yuji's backstory now is the, is a cool thing to see. No, definitely. I mean, that's what makes it. I think that's what's been making it so fun because. Although his story is important, it's not the most important thing right now. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, the stories of the characters around him are more important because they have been, first of all, a lot of them have been in, you know, inside this Jujutsu world much longer than him. So they have much more connection to what is going on um, in, the, in the current Jujutsu world than him. So yeah. to get their backstories, to get their stories before his, was it played an important part because you're starting to you're starting to understand the world at, at large, and then as you slowly start zoom, you know, zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, you can start you're starting to look at Eugene, you're starting to figure out more of his story, and you're starting to figure out like, okay, like this is how he starts playing a role in this bigger picture. Okay, this is how he plays into this, you know? And so, you know, the way that, um, you know, Octavius wrote this is just, it's great, you know? And, and it also allowed, also it allowed people and, and readers and fans, I feel like, to to be able to connect with other other characters outside the main. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't put the, it doesn't put the weight of the of the story on the main shoulders you know what i'm saying it evenly spreads the weight out between characters which means that when you have the the weight of the story evenly dis- distributed you're kind of able to do things with with the pieces that you're probably not able to do if you just put all the weight on just one fucking character you could take away Gojo for a while now, even though he's the strongest sorcerer here, but you're able to take him out the story. You're able to put someone in his space or in his place or whatever, and it the story is still able to flow and you're still able to go with it. Now, if everything was on fucking Yuji, you take Yuji out the story, everyone like it's not gonna hold the same weight because the whole fucking like he had like the main character had a shoulder the whole entire thing. But the fact that we're able to kind of make this main character obviously you introduce him you make him the man he goes through this little thing he kind he has this burden of you know what i'm saying he has the the power of the strongest curse to ever live inside of his body you know all these things like he you know he has these things going on and then you're able you're able to introduce that but then you're able to kind of quickly pull it back and then go okay but here are all these other characters that are also connected to this wider story and here's their fucking struggles and here's their fucking stories yeah and then you're you know you're looking at the story as big you're like oh shit like so that's how he plays into that and that's how that plays into that and you know you're able you know you know it's like it's you know each piece is holding um an equal amount of weight and i mean that's just what makes it amazing i think the calling games and you know what Alitami is completely correct. When he came back from the hiatus and when he said this is going to feel like a brand new, fresh new story, that is what it has felt like the entire fucking time. Yeah. Since he's came back from the hiatus, the Jujutsu Kaisen has felt like a fresher story. It's felt like a completely, you know what I'm saying? The, you know, and I think that the Culling Games is going to be something as insane, if not more insane than the Shibuya incident. 
Uh, I mean, and, and even if it's something long like the Shibuya incident, that doesn't bother me because really when you go back and read the Shibuya incident, it keeps you engaged every single chapter. It may have been long. It may have, you know what I'm saying? They may have been, you know, focused on this one aspect of the story for a while, but it moves like a fucking hundred miles per hour the entire time. Yeah. I think the other thing with the Shibuya incident is that like, while we, we get in, so though the way that JJK tells the story is like we through Yuji, we're introduced to so many different characters that are a part of the Jujutsu world. Like we start off with like the Tokyo side. Um, you know, we see how Yuji interacts with Gojo, uh, Nobara, Megumi, and then we start to understand, like, okay, this is how the world is. And then we get into, you know, Junpei and all of that stuff with Nanami. And then we follow up with the Tokyo versus Kyoto. And that's when we see like, okay, there's more to the entire Jujutsu school with these other characters. Like, to, uh, you know, we get Panda, Maki, uh, the other side with Mai and Toto and uh, Mekamaru and all of those guys. And then we start to build a more greater world through that. Like we have the the cursed wounds, and then we see like the Gojo past, where we see like okay, these we we get introduced to Toji in that regard, and then he comes back up in Shibuya incident, and then we get so many more characters that are involved, and like just like those those school helpers who are introduced along the way that take uh Yuji and the gang along on these missions throughout the first half, and then it all climaxes into the Shibuya incident where we get all of these other characters. Um, and then it just builds up more and more. And now we're at this point in the second half of JJK where it's like, okay, we have all of these characters now. We kind of give them, a, we kind of gave them a foundation. We kind of showed like what their powers are like, how how their characters are kind of written, how they're motivated and driven. Now let's put them in this one big setting and like let them go chaotic. What happens when we put all of these characters in like a circle and we have to make them fight to the death? How are we going to play this out? So now that like we have, um, we have Yuji and Megumi splitting off in one section. We have Panda and, um, Hikari off in another colony. And we're, we're going to see how, how the, how the calling games really plays a part in like putting these people in this group like we didn't even touch on the fact that like we got uh, the chapter before this the dude who's the lawyer actually from from the end of the the other chapter who had the gavel and how his interactions with society has been and how like you know he talks about death row inmates really have no choice but to kind of believe in him and you know he does what he can to like make sure that they're at least given a a a uh, innocent verdict, you know what I mean? A not guilty verdict, you know what I mean? So it's like that he has these type of curses with him. So now that we're um getting to this point in the culling games, we see how all of these characters kind of interact, and you know, Kenjaku is the big mastermind behind all of this. Like, I think the culling games is really going to get to a climactic point, and I, it really has felt like a different type of a different type of shonen like it's 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 still the battle shonen but now we're having like a bigger tournament arc like this is this is kind of demon tournament levels you know what i mean like dark tournament levels of uh oh, insanity damn. like dark tournament levels I, I i think so like i think it's one step above because like instead of like Ooh. i'm not Ooh. saying it's AD, AD, hit, hit. talking spicy on here's like the it. here's the thing AD, man spicy. i'm not i'm not saying that it's better than dark tournament but it's giving me kind of like in that same realm where like all of these demons are against like use and them it's it's different in the sense that like we're on a greater scale and how this is affecting the greater world in JJK and how so many people are involved in it. You know what I mean? Like I think it's because of that scale. It's it's doing something different from Dark Tournament, but it I've, it's giving me kind of like the same feeling with it. You know what I mean? So I think with JJK in this final arc, uh, uh, I'm not gonna say final arc because who knows what. Uh, Akutamika bull out like these niggas could go explore the the prison realm for like a good 30 chapters like during Man, all of this like <laughs> you're about to bug out real quick yeah but, um, i'm excited man like you said it's um exciting exciting times you yeah. know what i'm saying exciting times to be a manga fan exciting times all these things are, are reaching these these high these high um you know, these high transitional points, these these intense transitional points. I mean, shit, even One Piece, they're fucking 
Kaido versus Luffy. You, you think this is the final one? This is the one, huh? Yeah, I mean, they already wrapped up with the last chapter. They wrapped up like Jack, who has taken the best L's throughout the the second half of One Piece because he's lost to Admirals. He done lost to like a a whole giant ass um mammoth or whatever, giant ass elephant. Like he, I think we're getting to the wrapping up point in the Wano arc. All that's left is like. Well, I'm not going to say all that's left, but there are still major fights. Like, we have Big Mom versus Killer and, uh, not Killer, Kid and Law. We have Killer versus Hawkins, Apu versus Drake, uh, the the ninja fight, the the Kaido versus Luffy thing, like, and Sanji, Zoro, King and Queen. Like, we still have, like, a lot of major fights, but we just wrapped up two of them already. So I think that we're getting to the closer to the climax. I don't think Wano is going to end this year. Um, because of how many fights there are left, but they, I think we're going to see like a climactic end to the year because Oda loves like doing climactic ends in One Piece. So, you know, uh, I, I, it's exciting times for One Piece altogether. Oh, yeah, bro. It's about to go crazy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You got Momo dragging. He biting cats. Momo yeah. finally, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I got to, you know, I think you got to remember that Momo, although he's a, an adult now, I think he still has a brain of a child. Yeah. Or like the emotional, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Intelligence of a child. So um yeah, I uh yeah, I'm I'm but I'm excited to see where it's at. I I mean where are you placing Wano at in terms of one piece arcs? Um, it's definitely top three for me. Like it's 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 top three it, with um, Marine Ford and then Water Seven Annie's Lobby because those are like more emotional climaxes. But this is like all together like the second half of One Piece has built up to this kind of moment where you know from Punk Hazard we got introduced to Doflamingo and the alliance with Law, and then that alliance kind of dove into what's happening with Wano, um, especially with after uh, Dressrosa we have the zone where um, they kind of reveal like what's really going on with Momo, um, the introduction of Jack and kind of what's going on with Kaido, uh, the side stuff with whole cake and Sanji um, and them having to split up the crew and how like big mom ties into the stuff with Wano, like all of the stuff with Wano is, has been really fantastic. So I think it's definitely a top three to top five one piece arc for me. I respect that. Yeah. I, you know, depending on how it's uh what you wanna call it. I think yeah, definitely depending on how it ends, it will be um as long as he doesn't botch the ending. That's all I gotta say. Oh no, the Oda loves throwing curveballs at the end of chapters, like at the end of arcs. So I mean like I don't I have government world government gonna pull up. Somebody like, you know what I'm saying? I think I mean it's obviously some it's gonna get way more hectic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's gonna get way more crazy. Something to happen, like fucking dragon might be dead, and they're gonna drop it on the news or some shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like something, something, something crazy gonna happen. I like how old. Uh, one thing I like that Oda does is that he always sets up the next arc before like the next arc starts. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you know what I'm saying like you you kind of know what direction like they're gonna go with the next arc or the next what adventure is going to be before the the final arc is so it doesn't you know he i mean that's just kind of how he's built his world uh which is really cool but i think this final battle is going to be really great i mean obviously this battle is you know it's you know whoever wins this is they they end up i think you know whoever wins this is, is one step closer to king of pirates yeah pretty much um and it, it's interesting like the the two biggest pirates are like in the One Piece world are literally right here on this island right now. So if they both get taken out at some point, well now it's nothing but young heads also on this island who's fighting them. So like who's yeah. really close to this? Like, is it Luffy? Like Luffy is obviously the closest one, but he's also like had this alliance with Law and Kid and all of these other like people who are in the same generation of piracy as him. So like how is this gonna go down? Like when these two when these two giants are taken out, like what's gonna happen next? So it's really interesting to see like how the future of one like to to kind of think about how the future of One Piece really could go. Like shit, it could really go on for another forty years, though I really don't want it to do that. But like it's it's the it's the thought of, you know, well what's really gonna happen next. It's all good, but man, listen, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a 
crazy two weeks and in, in, um, for Shonen Jump. Yeah. And, you know, it's been, you know, it's, it's about to be crazier hopping into October. Yeah, um, man. You know, y'all, y'all roll with us through the summer, staying with us bi-weekly as we ran alongside Summer at Kame's House. It was an amazing experience. If you have not listened to those episodes, you need to go back. Um, and listen to Summer at Kame is just a, a fun series of things. Shout out to Jeff and Mills, who we know honing down over there on the lookout. But summer's over. Fall is here. Yes, sir. And, and happy to announce that the Big Eyes podcast will be returning weekly. So no more waiting two weeks to hear us talk about manga. We're back weekly every Tuesday. We will be dropping. So make sure y'all stay tapped in. I mean, the only way to listen to the Big Eyes podcast is if you're subscribed to the Lookout RNC anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you know, make sure you're following us on the Lookout RNC on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got some very fun things coming for October. Maga the month is going to be coming back. We'll make an announcement about that next week. We got a very fun special episode coming in October because it's real spooky hours. Um, yes, favorite time, favorite time of the year. Halloween is my favorite holiday. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, this is the best time, man. Listen, J Five is coming back with the uh, Thirty One Days of Horror. And you no, know, that's gonna be dope. I can't wait to see what a triple beam streams does with that. So make sure you're tapped in not only with the lookout, but make sure you're tapped in with RNC Radio Live. Your one stop shop for everything we're doing over here, Blackberry A Show, um shit, all of it. <laughs> all of it. Yeah, man. Uh and you know, make so make sure you guys are tapped in, subscribe, follow at RNC Radio Live. Um, you know. Uh, do want to just thank everybody. You know, episode eighty, we pushing it. Dang, two years is almost coming up. Yeah, man. Episode one hundred's almost coming up. Like, we got a lot of things coming, man. So very excited. So you know, don't miss out on anything. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure you're following the Look RNC and RNC Radio Live. Ad though, what's our sign off, bro? Yes, sir. Please read more manga, watch more anime, and be on the lookout. Only on the lookout for the Big Eyes Podcast.